Are you ready to get fired up? This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is a weekly show filled with stories of inspiration, lessons learned, and ready-to-use tools to light a fire under you. This show is hosted by me, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, and I want to share the amazing stories of CEOs, professionals, and everyday people on their journey to awesomeness. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and please leave us a review. We would love, 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 love it. If you got questions, comments, or celebrations, we want to hear them. So reach out at spitfirepodcast.com. Now, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get to the show. What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, a certified business and life and executive coach out of Washington, D.C. And I hope you have been enjoying the show. I'm trying to keep them as condensed and concentrated, filled with those tips and tricks to help you feel inspired, motivated, and working through those things called life. All those issues that we have, all those things that make us uniquely us, I'm sharing my experience, the stories of my clients to give you some tools, some pathways to explore, some points of curiosity. And today I am coming to you from, uh, it's not even a war zone, it's it's like my uh, deconstructed life. Uh, I am moving this month, Uh, I am cohabitating, and it's very interesting because people keep saying congratulations to me, and I'm like, what are they congratulating me on? And I realized they're congratulating me on uh, getting someone uh, convinced to live with me. It's like, congratulations, someone else wants to live with you. Uh, That's what I'm taking it as. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know any other way to do it. It's like, congratulations on having a boyfriend. Congratulations on living together. Um, All those life checkboxes. So I just kind of look at them like, okay, I don't understand, but great. Um, No judgment, nothing. It's just kind of interesting what happens uh, when people have these pivotal life moments. Uh, And from someone who's been divorced, someone who has lived with someone for many years, uh, it's not as as symbolic of a rite of passage. And I guess people don't realize, been there, done that, got the postcard. Um, And speaking of postcards, my friend Tish is the queen of postcards. So if you know Tish, make sure that she has your address because she is amazing at sending postcards. Uh, I'm going off on a tangent, but I actually just got one from the post office that looked like it had it for lunch. Uh, And maybe it was the the cool metallic uh, embossing from the uh, trains that they were trying to do when she was in Chicago. But uh, post office, I'm very upset because I can't see what Tish had to write me, but I know it was something awesome. But let me get back to what I really want to talk about. And it's downsizing. So I currently live in a studio. I have 395 square feet. And I used to share it with my dog. And before that, I was in a 632 square foot apartment. And If you live in a city, you know, you probably think that I was living large and it was very spacious now looking at my studio. But before then, I was in a 3,400, a little bit more than 3,400 square feet. I had five bedrooms, four and a half baths and a casita in Las Vegas. And I thought I need a huge house. Growing up, I uh, lived with my parents who were split up. So I was in between houses. And to me, home was security. Home was this feeling of uh, being settled and rooting down. And and to me, I wanted a home that allowed people in, that people wanted to gather and have fun in, and it became the hangout. And, you know, 
it's always the grass is greener until you have it and you have a water heater that goes and you have electricity problems and you know all these things that need to be replaced and I realized that what I wanted to feel was connected to people I wanted to have deep relationships and the home was the vehicle or the vessel for that and in the time that I lived there I was so unhappy that I really never allowed people in. And it was a very rare occasion. And I was so stressed out when people came over of how the house looked and how clean it was and what food I had presented that I was never really present in the moment. I was more about like, this is my huge house. Look how successful I am. I'm so happy and hope that I believed it, but I didn't. And so I'm in this experience now of looking around. My stuff is in boxes um, of like, what is this stuff for me? And there's been all of these movements around minimalism. There was a documentary a couple of years back on Netflix about these two guys who set out to live a very minimal life. And basically that me and I think they're now calling it essentialism. So what are those essential items that you want and need in your life? And I realized I don't need a lot of this stuff. Like I'm going to sell my desk. I'm going to get rid of my ottoman. I'm going to get rid of some storage like shelving things. But other than that, I don't have a ton of stuff. And I'm actually like moving it over in in my new car that I bought. And people are like, well, do you need a car? And I'm like, yeah, I want, maybe I don't need a car, but I want a car. I've been carless for four years. So to me, that is my splurge and I love it. And I don't feel bad about it. Um, But what is the stuff that we're holding onto that is kind of symbolic of who we are as people but actually could be weighing us down. So the more conversations I have with people when they're in kind of a stress cycle, they have kind of these sacred cows, these things that we're not allowed to touch, that we're not allowed to even consider getting rid of. And usually that is where the opportunity is. There is a whole story made up about what this symbolic thing is into your life. Maybe it's a house, maybe it's a car, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's an item that just doesn't work in your space. But if you think about it, like where are your like can't touch zones? You know, you remember like in your grandparents' home when they had their sitting room that you weren't allowed to sit in or they had it wrapped in plastic so you couldn't actually enjoy it. I mean, I remember my my grandma Zanelli in Newark, New Jersey, we would go over there and I would sit and it was probably like 95 degrees out and like my leg would just stick to the plastic. And I asked her, I said, why do you have plastic all over your furniture? And she's like, to keep it nice. You know, you guys, you kids ruin it. And so are you really experiencing the furniture by keeping it covered in plastic? Are you able to enjoy the things if they're stuck in boxes? What is this stuff about? And, and I've been working with, not working with, I've been actually I have been working with. I've been working with my boyfriend on this because he has a lot of stuff. To him, things are memories. He ha- He's an only child. He does not have a lot of extended family. So to him, the items are the memories because he doesn't want to forget. And so he's been doing an amazing job getting rid of stuff. Um, he's He's got tons of polo shirts that, you know, they're expensive. I don't want to get rid of them, but they don't fit. They don't fit right. And so if if you're holding on to items because of the the assumed value and you're not actually experiencing them to get the value, they're actually wasting space. They're not allowing you to fully fit things in your drawers. You're not going to wear them. And every time you look at that shirt, you're reminded of how much money you spent and didn't get the value from. So if it's not there, do you miss it? Are you expecting a refund of the money you spent? Or is holding onto it actually costing you more? 
So when we have a clean space, when we have an organized space, I was actually talking to my client about this. When, when everything has a place, we know where to put it. But when we have too much stuff and know where to put it, it becomes clutter and it starts to build. And the exact same thing happens in our brains. So if we have thoughts and ideas, but we don't have like a parking lot of, of uh, you know, a notepad or, or an, a, a Google Doc to go and put those ideas, they start to swirl. If we don't have a place to put them, it starts to fester and, and turn into anxiety because we're afraid we're going to forget them. So it seems kind of crazy that, you know, the, the postcards or the, the photo albums of our past could actually be the connection of why we feel so disorganized in our thoughts. If we actually could let go of this stuff, what else could we let go of that we're holding on to in our stories and in the clutter in our brain? Uh, three years ago, I put on an event called the Spring Cleaning Summit, and I've I've been toying with bringing it back because to me it was kind of this like let me see how this goes, and I broke even on the event, but it was a really powerful event, and I didn't realize when I was first thinking about it, or maybe I did, I didn't give myself enough credit, but it was the mind, body, and soul connection between the clutter in our lives and the clutter in our brain, in our emotions, and what it's stopping us from. So when we can clean up this stuff, it starts with a very small thing. And, and if it gets too overwhelming, bring a friend, you know, hire in a professional or start small. You don't have to clean everything. But as you are going through, what do you really need it for? Is it for a thought that something may happen six months from now, six years from now? Are you afraid that you'll forget it if you don't see it? Um, if that's the case, then display it. If you need a frame for something, I actually just bought a frame because I broke one and, and I have been holding this piece of art for two years and I'm like, I'm buying a frame now. If it's important to you, make the step to honor it. If it's not important to you, why are you holding on to it? If it's the assumption that you're going to hurt someone's feelings because they got it for you as a gift, that's not the purpose of a gift. You know, I have no problem letting things go and being free or re-gifting them because that to me is paying it forward in the gift. Call me cheap, whatever, I don't care. But if you're holding on to something, think about the intention of the person giving you the gift. Would they want you to hold on to it even though it's not serving you or that it's actually creating clutter in your life? Probably not. So if we start to look at what the intention is of the stuff and if it's not serving us, you can let it go. So as you're working through your house, just kind of touch the things. And this kind of goes into like, you know, the, the magical art of tidying up um, the Marie Kondo stuff. But if it's not bringing you joy, why are you holding on to it? What is this deep connection to the stuff? And I used to be, you know, I'm probably a hoarder uh, growing up because to me, I never felt like I was the cool kid as far as having the expensive clothes and stuff. So to have clothes, to have options for clothes to me was that feeling of success of like, I've made it. And I do have a lot of clothes, but I also am a performer. I speak. So I like to mix up my look. And to me, it's like art. Um, and I do wear all my clothes. And I honor that part of me. I have really fun shoes too. So I make sure that they're displayed in a way that I can see them. And that it feels like an experience for me when I touch them, when I put them on. Um, so think about this stuff in your life. And how can you either honor it or let it go to free you up for other things, not to bring other things in, or maybe you do. Maybe you create a rule for yourself that before you buy an item, you have to let two items go because it needs space. 
How many of you have items in your closet that still have the tags on? How many of you have journals where you've written in one page and then put it on the bookcase? I'm so guilty of that. I'm looking at like four journals right now that I've written one page in. So if it's not working for you, let it go. And I know it may be scary. I know it may be uncomfortable, but that's where the growth is. That feeling of being complacent and comfortable is not serving you. So examine those points, put your hand on it, and whatever feeling comes up, I just want you to be curious about it. The opposite of judgment is curiosity. So you're not there to judge yourself as being a hoarder, being right or wrong, being a clutter bug, or being organized. Just be curious of what the things mean to you and what is the life that you want to live. How do you want to feel in your space? How do you want to create a legacy of your belongings? If you do, maybe you don't. But if you're not curious, you will continue the judgment, you will continue the shame and the blame, and you'll continue to stuff things in your closet, whether they're in your mental closet or your physical closet. So I hope that my inspirational move (laughs) has inspired you to take control of the things in your life and to really honor and display the things of value. So let me know how it goes. Uh, If you need any tips on things, uh, any resources, books, blogs, I know a bunch. This is what I geek out on. I'm a big old weirdo. It's okay Um, because being weird is awesome. So for all of the spitfires out there, keep being weird, keep being organized, and keep being awesome.